You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click Donate. Sectors of Christianity that only teach a personal Jesus uh, deeply need a reintroduction to the gospel social Jesus. We need to rediscover and understand social salvation contrasted with personal salvation. And we need a gospel that impacts the here and the now. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 283 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of love, compassion, taking action, and seeking justice. Our Our title this week is A Social Jesus, and our feature text is Mark 1, 14 through 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Uh, I want to share with you a a story that took place, uh, um, an encounter that I had uh, recently. I was uh, at a grocery store one evening just trying trying to grab some some missing ingredients for dinner. And and as I left the store, I passed by a table on on the way to the the parking lot, and and there was a gentleman there who shouted out to me, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? And and these were a a group of Christians... who either sat behind or stood behind uh, this table. They were trying to raise money for their organization. And I I politely, as I continued walking, politely smiled in his direction and said, no, thank you. Uh, and I was still walking as I heard him call out, uh, uh, if you die on your way home, do you know where you'll end up next? And I couldn't believe that there were still Christians who actually talk like this. Um these well-worn phrases, um, they, they are not, they're not good conversation starters. But again, this is Appalachia, and uh, as someone born and, and having grown up here, uh, if you could still find this kind of talk anywhere, you can find it here. Now, this month at Renewed Heart Ministries, we're featuring Walter Rauschenbusch's classic work, uh, Theology for the Social Gospel. It's April's Book of the Month. And one of the things that I appreciate about the early 20th century social gospel movement is that it drew attention to Jesus's vision for social salvation, not individual, private, or or personal salvation. And I, I recently posted this quotation from Rauschenbusch on Facebook. It's uh, This is from page seven of the same book I just mentioned. Um, he writes, if our theology is silent on social salvation, we compel people to choose between an unsocial system of theology and an irreligious system of social salvation. And immediately after posting this, one of the first comments was, what is social salvation? Um, and, and this question, it reveals more than it asks. We know what personal salvation is. We've heard of Jesus in the context of a personal savior. Uh, what is social salvation? First, contemporary privatized and individually focused forms of Christianity, they focus their adherence so much on personal salvation and Jesus as a personal savior from, from post-mortem punishment that, 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 
those who, who only encounter this kind of Christianity, if you're one of these, you may have never heard of social salvation or the social salvation that's described in, in the Gospels. And seeing Jesus as a social savior, it's actually the oldest Christian message. It can be argued that interpreting Jesus as a personal savior or an individual savior, or a private savior, is a much later interpretive addition that's not found uh, until Christianity became populated with middle to upper class people that were centered in their culture. And, and secondly, how nice it must be to, to belong to a social class that's so privileged that it doesn't even know what social salvation is, much less imagine uh, that it needs it. And countless people face discrimination, they face marginalization and exclusion each day, and they don't need a textbook definition for the phrase social salvation because they know the system all too well. They know what it is to need salvation from societal and social injustice and oppression uh, by experience. But, but let's, let's dive in this week. Let's first talk about the kingdom. Each author of the synoptic, synoptic gospels, the Matthew, Mark, and, and the Luke Acts, uh, do there. They place the theme of the kingdom at the center of their stories about Jesus. This is, we're going to begin with Mark. This is Mark 1, 14 through 15, as we just read. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. In Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. In Luke 4, 43, but he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because this is why I was sent. In Acts 19.8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. In Acts 28.31, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And now I have my own theories about why the author of Acts ties Paul's teaching to Jesus's kingdom. But the fact that the kingdom is the focus in the gospels and, and Paul must come to be associated with this preaching of the kingdom in the book of Acts, that's telling. Uh, nowhere in the book of Acts is the goal to escape some post-mortem hell or enter into some cosmic heaven. Post-mortem hell isn't even mentioned once in the in the book of Acts. But and yet this was this is the the Acts of the Apostles, or as some have rightly said, the Acts of Paul, which which they're proclaiming the gospel. And hell isn't even talked about. The kingdom, the coming kingdom, uh, is the central theme. And the kingdom theme in the gospel stories it served a twofold purpose. It harkened back to the the Maccabean era of a hope and, and restored Jewish independence, and it, it, it contrasted with the, the Roman Empire. And you can find you go back and read Daniel 7 for this. But Matthew's use of, of, of kingdom is more in line with, with his his with, with that first purpose of, of a, a, a restored Jewish independence. And Luke's is is more about that second one. It's contrasted with the, the Roman Empire. And Mark Mark's use can be argued to be kind of a hybrid of both. Neither view of the kingdom, and we have to remember this, 
none of the, the, the kingdom usage in the Gospels was about saving individuals. Instead, the, it, this theme was about restoring uh, distributive justice for a whole community, including all the individuals that made that community. And the hope of the kingdom, it went beyond personal to to the social. It was about social salvation or, or, or social change. And let's talk about the gospel next. In the canonized Jesus stories that we have today, the term gospel, it, it meant uh, the announcement of the coming of this kingdom. It's important to note, too, that the term gospel or glad tidings, it, it wasn't a religious term back then. It was originally a political term. It, again, it wasn't religious. The, 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 the Roman Empire used the term gospel to refer to the announcements that it made when the empire, it annexed a a new territory. The gospel was the the public announcement or the tidings of the newly arrived rule of of Rome. So the word gospel itself, it it was not privatized. It wasn't individual personal change that that was being focused on, but rather a fundamental social change. You as a society, things are changing for you as a society. And here are three examples uh, 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 from extra-biblical sources that, 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 that we still have today. This is uh, um, uh, Plutarch. I'll give you two from Plutarch. Actually, all three of them are from Plutarch. Uh, I'll give you the references for these uh, uh, in, in this week's e-site, but uh, this is uh, how this term was used back in, in contemporary writing of the first century. It is even after the Battle of Mantinea with Thucydides, Thucydides, I guess that's how you pronounce that, has described the one who first announced the victory had no other reward for his glad tidings, and there it is, that word gospel, had no other reward for his gospel than a piece of meat sent by the magistrates from the public mess. Um, The next reference from Plutarch, according when Astrodemus had come near, he stretched out his hand and cried with a loud voice, Hail, King Antigonus, we have conquered Ptolemy in the sea fight and now holds Cyprus with 12,800 soldiers as prisoners of war. To this Antigonus replied, Hail to thee also by heaven, but for torturing us in this way thou shalt undergo punishment. The reward of thy gospel, the reward of thy good tidings, thou shalt be some time in getting. And then this is uh, once again Plutarch. Why are we uh, why, as we are told, the Spartans merely sent meat from the public commons to the man who brought glad tidings or the gospel of the victory in Mantinea. And so there's this this idea that the gospel, again, the gospel wasn't about saving your soul for some post-mortem reality. It was about a, 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 a social change taking place for a community. The phrase glad tidings or the gospel of the kingdom, as the gospel authors used it, it was a way to signal that Jesus and his teachings, it held a new vision for structuring society, just as the same way societies would now be structured differently when they came under the empire of Rome. Jesus is, to, to, to use this term gospel in connection with Jesus signified social or societal change. Those, those who uh, were, were last in the present arrangement, they were now to be placed first. And those that were being marginalized were included and centered. And those who were hungry and 
and thirsted for a distributive social righteousness, they would be filled. This is the message we find as we continue in each, uh, both Matthew and Luke, Matthew 5 and Luke 6. Jesus was calling for society to be structured radically differently. And the authors of the Jesus story, they use the gospel to mean, again, a change in society or human community that went beyond mere personal or private change that that left society the same. It was about a social change here or a social change now. And and let's talk about eternal life, too. Um, Since we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about the gospel, um, even when we consider the, the way that eternal life was framed in the gospel stories, an argument can be made that even eternal life is not private, it's not personal or individual, but it's communal, it's social. Eternal life meant the the continuance of of a community as a whole, not merely continuance for individuals within that community. The path that Jesus was pointing toward, it's a path by which the human race can continue, a path that leads to to life rather than extinction for our race, and not simply for for individual humans. Eternal life is about having our quality of life rooted in, in what Parker and Brock call an ethical grace lived here on earth, a path of living differently as a society today, here, and and now. Um, this is from their book, Bach and, and, and Parker's book, Saving Paradise, How Christianity Traded Love of the World for Crucifixion and Empire. It was one of our books a couple months ago. This is page 22, the gospel defines three dimensions of this eternal life, knowing God, receiving the one sent by God to proclaim abundant life to all, and loving each other as he had loved them. Eternal life in all three meanings relates to how life is lived on earth. The concrete acts of care Jesus has shown his disciples are the key to eternal life. By following his example of love, the disciples enter eternal life now. Eternal life is thus much more than a hope of po- for postmortem life. It is earthly existence grounded in ethical grace. I think as we, in our context today, think of things such as climate change and the breakdown of, of human society by, by wealth inequality or, or wealth uh, uh, disparity, uh, um, the things that lead to the, to the degradation or the, the destruction of a race, um, so many examples can be used. Eternal life takes on a social meaning too. It's not just individuals within a society. Uh, it's it's creating life uh, instead of extinction for the the human family as a whole. Um, and, and and lastly, uh, let's talk about Jesus's death by crucifixion this week. Um, people don't get jailed like we find in our our feature text, like John the Baptist, and people don't get crucified like Jesus for teaching personal, private, post-mortem salvation. Um, Personal gospels or personal salvation, personal saviors, they save individuals while not threatening the larger society with any kind of change. Uh, When people get in trouble, as we saw last week, um, they get in trouble when they call out for social injustice uh, to be addressed, or they call for social change or social reparations or social redemption. They call for social salvation. Private change it threatens no one, but social train change, it, it, it threatens those that are privileged 
in the present way that society is organized. Those who ha- those, it threatens those who have um, much to lose if the status quo is changed, if there is social change. So today, sectors of Christianity that only teach a personal Jesus uh, deeply need a reintroduction to the gospel social Jesus. Uh, again, if all you've ever encountered is a personal Jesus, um, go back and read the Gospels with a different set of lenses on. Uh, look for the social Jesus in those stories. Um, we need to dis- rediscover and understand social salvation contrasted with personal salvation. And we need a Gospel that impacts the here and the now that isn't just about some premium that we have to pay in this life to get a a post-mortem fire insurance policy. There's a need to understand how the life that is modeled uh, by Jesus and and the teachings of Jesus, uh, how those have the potential to socially save. Uh, They aren't a a, a myth of redemptive violence and and, and suffering that saves us from, from some divine need for satisfaction. Instead, we can be deeply revived by now in the here and now by following the teachings of Jesus and not mere mentally assenting or believing story details about this Jesus. We, we need a gospel that, that recaptures the story truth uh, of a resurrection. And, and then this Sunday is Palm Sunday for many Christians, many Western Christians. And, 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 and we need a, 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 a gospel that recaptures again the story truth uh, 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 of that resurrection and not endless gospels that only offer people a cross. It's, it, it's to this end that, that over the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at uh, this social emphasis in the Synoptic Gospels. And I, I'm so glad you're with us on this journey. I hope you'll, you'll stay with us through this. Um, again, remember Mark 1, 14 through 15, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, and maybe these terms will have new meaning for you, proclaiming the good news, the gospel of God. The time has come, he said, said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Heart group application this week, from now through April 22nd, we're offering our listeners and our readers um, a special premium Love and Justice t-shirt to support our work and, and to show others that you're a fan of our podcast and to help spread the word so that others can, can enjoy each episode too. So don't miss out on these. They're only going to be available for this limited time. I think it's about 10 more days. So get yours today. The they're only $24.99, and you can support the, 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 the Jesus for Everyone podcast through this and in making our world and in our participation in making our world a safe, compassionate, just home uh, for everyone. You can go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com to find out how to get the t-shirt. You'll see the right there on the homepage. You'll see the link for it. And again, all the t-shirts will be shipped out the beginning of May. So, so go ahead and get your, your Jesus for Everyone podcast t-shirt today. Thanks for checking in with us this week. I'm so glad you're here. Wherever you are today, choose love, choose compassion, take action, and seek justice. Another world is possible. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm